0: This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Clavio. Clavio is a platform that helps growth focused e commerce brands drive more sales with super targeted, highly relevant email, Facebook, and Instagram marketing. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance. My guest today is Bill Cates. He is an internationally recognized expert and keynote speaker, author of Get. More referrals now and a book we're going to talk about today, Radical Relevance, Sharpen Your Marketing Message, Cut Through the Noise, Win More Ideal Clients. Mm -hmm. So, Bill, welcome back.
1: Hey, great to be back with you, John. Uh, I have so much respect for the work that you do, so it's an honor.
0: Oh, well, thanks. That's kind of you to say so <laughs> <You bet. laughs> I, I'm going to read one sentence and then I can probably shut up for 20 minutes and you you can just talk. Um, <clears throat> radical relevance is about bringing the right value proposition to the right market, communicated with the right message through the right medium at just the right time. That was a mouthful. Yep. Um, so well, I, do, I really do think we can yeah. break each of those ideas down. But give me kind of the the overview of that, what the meaning of that
1: is. Yeah, sure. So, I, I mean, I wrote the book because there's really three challenges that – we all face in trying to grow our business. Uh, and one is the fact that everyone is experiencing marketing message overload, right? The the wonderful internet, all it's done is uh, pollute all our brains and minds with all kinds of stuff coming at us all the time. And the brain doesn't like that. I have a chapter in a book on the neuroscience of all of this. And, and so, you know, there's so much noise out there. So how do we cut through all that? Uh, that's one of the challenges. Another challenge is... Because it's so easy to gather information on people, all the big data that's out there and and people are listed on all types of platforms, uh, our prospects are really expecting us to come with a more relevant message. They're expecting us to know a little bit about them and, and, and have empathy for their situation and not come at them cold. And then the final challenge is this concept of inertia you know that's one of our biggest obstacles and objections that we get in in a sales mode is you know how do we move someone to to look at something differently and move in a different direction than where they're moving at the time uh and so the, the key of course is to be as as relevant as one can possibly be with a message with the target market with the bullseye the persona within that market uh from a uh a strategic standpoint, and a tactical standpoint.
0: So does that necessarily mean that we have to narrow, you know, greatly narrow our focus? I mean, obviously, the more relevant we get, we're going to be less relevant to a lot of other people. I mean, is that kind of the message?
1: Yeah, it is. Because, you know, the the, the, the mistake a lot of business folks make, uh, not everybody, but a lot of people, they... they they don't want to exclude people. They say, "Well, let's make the tent a little bigger. Let's word this headline and the website or whatever just a little bit, so we, you know, we don't exclude some people." And of course, what that does is it weakens the message. And so we can have one more than, than more than one target market. We can also have m- more than one bullseye within a market. I have three bullseyes or personas, as it's often called. Uh, but what we want to do is make sure we send the right message to the right person, as you said, at the right time and the right method. How, do they wanna, how does this person want to consume it? And what do we say to this person that's going to resonate with them? And it may resonate differently with someone else. So it's, it's sometimes dividing our market up into a few different personas and, and not trying to put you know, a global message out to everybody that weakens everything.
0: So almost, it, it, I think it's almost gotten to the point where if you're going to do that, you have to then steer people or guide people to, oh, you're you're this kind of person, you have this kind of need, um, you go this right. way, and and here's here's what we've built for you over here. I mean, I, we almost have to kind of segment, don't we?
1: It, we do have to segment, and I mean, the, one of the simplest ways to think of this is is and when I do my coaching consulting with folks, it's often we start with a website. It's more than the website, but that's not a bad place to start because it gives me at least a sense of what they think about their value and how they communicate it. And so like on my website, there's three different personas. If, if you are an individual looking for, you know, our online video coaching, whatever, click here and then all the pages that follow are related to that individual. If you're an executive, you know, with a corporation, and you're looking for something, then click here. If you're looking to hire a speaker for a conference, then click here. Those are our three main personas that people come to the website. Rather than trying to create a message that's broad and will and will strike everybody, which is almost impossible. Um, yeah. So segmentation is is key these days, critical.
0: So we've been talking for a long time about the idea of a value proposition. I mean, that's not a new concept. However, I still find very few people nail that. Um how Yeah. How how do you really get and again, not one that sounds good, but one that actually is appealing to your ideal client.
1: Yeah, so there's a, a, there's a lot to talk about here, but real quick, first of all, I don't believe a value proposition is that elevator pitch, that short thing that we say we need to have short ways to talk about what we do don't get me wrong i believe the value proposition is really the totality of what we bring to the market who you know what the value we bring to our prospects our clients our our our, our suppliers our resources everybody you name it and then the elevator pitch or what i like to call a value positioning statement is just reflects that reflects some of that value proposition and in developing this value positioning statement we have to understand how the brain works as a chapter in my book about the neuroscience of relevance and what the brain is looking for. Well, One thing we know is that, and Antonio Damasio proved this with this uh, technology called magnetic resonance tomography, say that three times fast, MRT, but with the subjects whose the part of the brain was damaged that uh, feels emotion, they couldn't make decisions. No ability to feel emotion, no ability to make decisions. And so that demonstrates what a lot of us have already known at the heart of every decision is an emotional response. Now, it doesn't mean the facts and and statistics and all those things don't play a role. Of course they do. And and ultimately what they do is they elicit an emotional response, which then leads to someone taking action. So with all that said as the preamble, I have a formula in the book I talk about. I call it the miracle formula. But it's essentially uh, my expertise is in you know, or I am an expert in or my expertise is in, uh, I work with who want to, for example. So let me break that down. I don't like to, you know, have people start off with their title, their formal title. I'm a financial advisor. I'm an accountant. I'm a whatever, because people have preconceived notions about that. And you don't want to feed into that.
0: Yeah, I've had Um, one. I've had one of those before. I don't need
1: another one of those. Yeah, exactly. You know, or maybe I've got one. I don't need to talk to you. Or, you know, you say I'm a financial advisor. They're thinking, oh, you know, another Bertie Madoff. Who knows what their context is, right? Relevance is all about context. And so I work with, what that does is define your market. So, you know, you will work mostly with B2B business owners. You can get more narrow than that if you want. Uh, and what do they want? Whatever they want is the benefit you bring. So it's a very short, succinct way to communicate a lot. And then you always want to have that, for example, which brings the rest to life. And there's usually a story there, a short one. Uh, and people listen, the brain listens to the story differently than it does, you know, the the, uh, the left brain stuff. So uh, it's, it's a nice little formula. I, I work with who want to, for example.
0: So. Let's jump to another one. Now we've got, we know who our target market is and and we've got that value proposition. Um, The right medium. I think that one of the things that's caused the greatest amount of stress right now with, with particularly small business owners is like where, you know, I mean, it's online, it's on the platform here. I still need to network at this event. I mean, like how do we, how do we, how do we decide where we can spend our precious time?
1: Sure. A couple of decisions here. First of all, you know, how, would your your next great client or customer, the perfect fit customer uh, or client prefer to meet you, right? What is their preferred method of meeting you? And, and as you know, in a book that you've written in the several books that I've written, it's a referral or an introduction from someone else they trust. So, uh, I'm a huge believer in making sure that the first thing we do is build that referral culture within our company because the straightest line to relevance with someone, the straightest line through all the noise, is an introduction from someone else they already trust. So certainly we don't want to see referrals and introductions as icing on the cake. For a lot of businesses, they really are the cake, and people need to double down on that, not just see it as, a, as an afterthought. And beyond that, where, does your, where do your ideal customers congregate? And when I say congregate, it could be in person, it could be an industry trade show event, right? It could be a networking event, it could be Facebook, it could be LinkedIn, it could be Instagram, you know, where do they congregate? And of course, that's where you want to reach out and that's where, um, you know, your message is best sent. And then we shouldn't overlook the mail because it's amazing how few businesses are using that in combination with the digital, I call it traditional, you know, it's like traditional and digital together. And we found that when we mix together, when we mail, we call, we mail, we we promote through an email, uh, LinkedIn, that variety of methodology. And usually our target market, we can usually identify one or two mediums that seem to work the best, but we also want to create a bit of variety because you never know exactly, um, you know, Where someone's going to hit, but uh, you know where do they congregate is the best way to think. Well,
0: and 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 I think for some folks, um, some get this, uh, some don't. uh, (laughs) That that even referrals have become more complex because I I totally agree with you. You know that introduction, especially especially high trust services like you mentioned, the financial advisor or an accountant or somebody. You know you're really going to go out there and look for that somebody you trust to to make an introduction. But there are a lot of businesses that. Yeah, they want an introduction, but, you know, it's not life or death, you know, (laughs) on who they choose for that. And I think today um, they are going online and checking us out. I mean, even when you get that referral today, I think a lot of people underestimate how much access to information people have and that we've got to clean that information up, too.
1: Oh, yeah, there's no question. I mean – Yeah, I mean, you're usually it's uh, quite often it's your LinkedIn profile is the first thing that shows up, if not your website. And there's got to be congruency there. So as an example, I I was, I was interviewing a financial advisor who's decided to double down and really in in his commitment to the optometry industry. And he's the financial advisor to optometrists. And quite often when I see that, I'll see like maybe their website reflects that, but their LinkedIn profile does it or the other. The things they do but his he's totally congruent through all of that sending the right message to the right people in the right way where where they get that and, and you know as a marketer that one of the most powerful dynamics or energies in marketing is is empathy right people want to know that we have a sense of who they are and when we narrow our focus and we target and then we're bringing the right message to the right people in the right way then we create that empathy. They get a sense of that. We we have a sense of them through the questions we ask and the things that we teach. Um, And and that's what creates that resonance where we earn the right to their attention.
0: I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Clavio. Clavio helps you build meaningful customer relationships by listening and understanding cues from your customers. And this allows you to easily turn that information into valuable marketing messages. There's powerful segmentation, email autoresponders that are ready to go. Great reporting. You want to learn a, bit, a little bit about the secret to building customer relationships? They've got a really fun series called Klaviyo's Beyond Black Friday. It's a docu-series, a lot of fun, quick lessons. Just head on over to klaviyo.com, Beyond BF, Beyond Black Friday. So there are a lot of um, salespeople particularly that work for organizations that maybe haven't gotten around to this notion of, of hmm. radical relevance in their marketing. Mm-hmm. Can, can an individual, do you believe an individual salesperson could take this upon themselves to become radically relevant to the market they're trying to serve, irrespective of the company?
1: A- absolutely. So I'll give you a, a couple of for examples. The In our book, I talk about strategic relevance and tactical relevance. And so even the salesperson can have some impact on the strategic relevance. So, for instance, I know a printing company that has 11 different salespeople, and each one of them is going after a different vertical market. Uh, a target market. I'm consulting with a CPA firm in in the Washington D.C. area, and they have six vertical markets. And so we're working on how they talk about their value and how they reach out to these people and communicate these people in each individual market. And it's going to be different for each one. Uh, and so it's much more effective when they're targeted. So that's the strategic side. But then, the tactical side, you know, you just there's too many ways, to, easy ways to make sure you can learn a little bit about that person before you reach out to them. And gosh, how many people, John, do we get contacting us thinking they have the solution to our problems? They don't even know who we are, and, and they don't know what we do, and they have no clue. If someone says, I read your blog post, or I read your book, or I saw that you went to the University of Maryland... Or, all of a sudden, now I'll pay attention because they at least took the time to get a sense of who I am, right? So here's the way I look at it. in from a tactical standpoint with salespeople, if in retail, the, the keywords are location, 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 the tactical side of relevance for a salesperson is personalization, personalization, personalization. That we have to tailor to those specific people and not be lazy and take those extra few minutes.
0: Yeah, I, I get so frustrated myself. You know, every day, you know, I get a, a reach out on LinkedIn or something that says, you know, I'd like to get on the phone with you for five minutes and learn about your business. Um, and I'm like, if you can't, like, do one search and learn, like, more than anybody should know about my business, then you're not trying.
1: Exactly. Or they even ask a question like, you know, what's your biggest challenge? Well, you know, if you knew a little something about my industry, you, you might be able to guess. And, and even that would be better. Uh, you know, so it, it, it's it's taking the time. It's not being lazy. Part of it's knowing the value and, how, and how, what a difference that makes. I mean, I'm using a tool now where I'll send a video email out to people, and I just sent one to a guy I've been trying to reach for a long time, finally sent him a 52-second video, and I just heard back from him. He says he's interested in working with me. It, you know, That's a personalized way of reaching out to people. In fact, uh, he says, "I'll open up his, the email right now." He says, "He says you." you uh, he says, "Very well done on grabbing my attention." You know, it, it, I mean, when when you personalize, people appreciate it, and you get complimented for doing it.
0: Yeah, I've, uh, I'm a big fan of one-to-one videos. I'm calling that, and uh, um, you know, maybe a year from now, people would be like, "Oh, I hate getting those personalized videos," but right now, it does allow you to stand out. So I totally agree. So one yeah, of the I things think. that um one of the things that I've been saying for for a while and I think um you say it in this in this book maybe in a little different manner is I think a lot of times we focus on what it is we sell, what solution we have as a company and really the only thing that the buyer cares about is solving their problems. Half the time they wish they didn't have right. to buy what we what we sell. But they're just yeah, trying to solve yeah. their problems, and I think I think if we started realizing, you know, I think part of our relevance can be, hey, we can communicate what your problem is. <laughs> you know, we get your problem, and I, and um, I, I see a lot of marketers start talking. Basically, their entire marketing message starts when the person's actually considering, you know, buying. And I think we have to actually start before they even know how to solve their problem. They just know it hurts.
1: Yeah, and I think it also uh, depends on. On, on where you reach them in the cycle, right? Because context is everything when it comes to being relevant. If, if, if they come to you, they may be a little further along. They've done some research. You've got to find out what research have they done. Where are they? What brought them to us? And so we gain context. On the other hand, if we're reaching out to people, and we don't know where they are. We, yeah, we, The brain wants to solve problems. The brain wants to be safe. Uh, you know, the brain is scanning six times a second, am I safe? Am I, where am I? Am I safe? Where am I? Am I safe? Three times a second it's scanning, is there an opportunity? So the brain loves an opportunity. The brain loves to take action, but only when it feels safe. So guess what? When we start our message focusing a little bit on the problems, the mistakes people make or problems they might have, the brain resonates with that a little better then we can move on to the opportunities because the brain likes that. And if we present ourselves as someone who knows their problem, can solve their problem, you know, we're, we're making the brain happy, which is a very uh, you know unconscious, subtle thing, but it's very important. And so that's how we display the empathy. Sometimes it's through the questions we ask, right? Are you, know, are you finding this the challenge or how are you handling this? And that displays we underst- that we understand their world a little bit. And, and the brain wants to take action if it feels safe. The brain, by the way, I, you know, I got a chapter on neuroscience of relevance. And it, one of the other things is, it, you know, the brain's purpose is to keep the organism alive and to expend as less, less energy or at least energy as it possibly can. And so when we get too creative and we come up with messaging that we think is kind of clever and cute and we put a couple words together that don't really belong together and all that, all we're going to do is confuse the brain and the brain's going to be off on something else. It doesn't want to work very hard to understand our message. So we want to start with concepts that the brain understands first before we introduce anything that might be a little bit more clever or complicated.
0: Yeah, I see that all the time. And I've been guilty of it probably. You know, you think, oh, well, let's offer yeah. them three different versions because then they can decide and all they end up doing is shutting down because they don't want to decide.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, you know, uh, Donald Miller, who's a master at this part of the clarity party says, if you confuse, you lose. And it's true. And there's physiological evidence uh, around that for why that happens. And so I'll tell you this whole concept of clarity, John, if you, if you can help people get clear on where they are, what their context is and where they want to be related to what you do and how they're going to get there. That that just that clarity of where they are, they're here, they're there and what's going to take to get there. That is so valuable and 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 so rich in 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 building trust. And then you also want to make sure that you're clear on how to work with you. You can't make it hard or complicated. There's a thing called a concept called cognitive fluency. Look it up. It's very interesting. It's if, if how you explain things, or navigating your website, or anything that you put out there is is complicated, and the brain doesn't grasp it intuitively quickly, it automatically assumes assumes that working with you is going to be complicated, and and many people will abandon. Uh, so that that whole concept of clarity is huge. Bill,
0: um, where can uh, tell tell people where they can find out more about your work and, of course, uh, pick up a copy of Radical Relevance.
1: Sure. I appreciate that. Well, yeah, Certainly, Amazon has all my books. Uh, Amazon.com or wherever you may be in the world uh, it has a Radical Relevance. It's a paperback, it's a Kindle, and it's an audio book. And uh, then my website is referralcoach.com. I'm, I'm not lo- leaving the world of teaching people how to get more referrals and introductions. I'm just expanding part of the toolkit that one needs to bring in more clients. So referralcoach.com.
0: And, and relevance, obviously, is a is just as crucial in in the world of referrals as as it is in, say, you know, an email marketing campaign. So uh, absolutely necessary. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Bill. Great uh, catching up with you, and uh, hopefully we will see you soon, someday, out there on the road.
1: Sounds good, John. Thanks.